Today's date is August 2nd, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast, the podcast where, as a community, we are reading through the one-year Bible plan in the New Living Translation. My name is Blake Farley, and we're going to jump in. 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 1 through chapter 33, verse 13, is our Old Testament reading today. 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 1. After Hezekiah had faithfully carried out this work, King Shenachbeb of Assyria invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified towns, giving orders for his army to break through their walls. When Hezekiah realized that Shekhareb also intended to attack Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military advisors, and they decided to stop the flow of the springs outside the city. They organized a huge crew to stop the flow of the springs, cutting off the brook that ran through the fields. For they said, Why should the kings of Assyria come here and find plenty of water? Then Hezekiah worked hard, repairing all the broken sections of the wall, erecting towers and constructing a second wall outside the first. He also reinforced the supporting terraces in the city of David and manufactured a large number of weapons and shields. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate. Then Hezekiah encouraged them by saying, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria or his mighty army, for there is power far greater on our side. He may have an, a great army, but they are merely men. We have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles for us. Hezekiah's words greatly encouraged the people. And by the way, as I pause here, those words should greatly encourage you if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, one of God's children. I don't know who you are or what you're going through. Verse 8, he may have a great army, whatever it is, facing you might be big. We have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles for us. And just as Hezekiah's words greatly encourage the people, I pray they greatly encourage you. Verse 9. While King Shechabeb of Assyria was still besieging the town of Lachish, he sent his officers to Jerusalem with this message for Hezekiah and all the people in the city. This is what King Shechabeb of Assyria says. What are you trusting in that makes you think you can survive my siege of Jerusalem? Hezekiah has said, The Lord our God will rescue us from the king of Assyria. Surely Hezekiah is misleading you, sentencing you to death by famine and thirst. Don't you realize that Hezekiah is the very person who destroyed all the Lord's shrines and altars? He commanded Judah and Jerusalem to worship only at the altar at the temple and to offer sacrifices on it alone. Surely you must realize what I and the other kings of Assyria before me have done to all the people of the earth. Where... In, were any of the gods of those nations able to rescue their people from my power? Which of their gods was able to rescue its people from the destructive power of my predecessors? What makes you think your god can rescue you from me? Don't let Hezekiah deceive you. Don't let him fool you like this. I say it again. No god of any nation or kingdom has ever yet been able to rescue his people from me or my ancestors. How much less will your god rescue you from my power? And Shechareb's officers further mocked the Lord God and his servant Hezekiah, heaping insults upon insult. The king also sent letters scorning the Lord, the God of Israel. He wrote, Just as the gods of all the other nations failed to rescue their people from my power, so the God of Hezekiah will also fail. The Assyrian officials who brought the letters shouted this in Hebrew, and to the people gathered on the walls of the city, trying to terrify them so it would be easier to capture the city. These officers talked about the God of Jerusalem as though he were one of the pagan gods made by human hands. Then King Hezekiah and the prophet of Isaiah, son of Amos, cried out in prayer to God in heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who destroyed the Assyrian army with all its commanders and officers. So Shechemreb was forced to return home in disgrace to his own land. 
And when he entered the temple of his God, some of his own sons killed him there with a sword. That is how the Lord rescued Hezekiah and the people from Jerusalem, from King Shechareb of Assyria, and from all the others who threatened them. So there was peace throughout the land. From then on, King Hezekiah became highly respected among all the surrounding nations, and many gifts for the Lord arrived at Jerusalem, with valuable presents for King Hezekiah, too. About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. He prayed to the Lord who helped him and gave him a miraculous sign. But Hezekiah did not respond appropriately to the kindness shown him, and he became proud. So the Lord's anger against him and against Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself and repented of his pride, as did the people of Jerusalem. So the Lord's anger did not fall on them during Hezekiah's lifetime. Hezekiah was very wealthy and highly honored. He built special treasury buildings for his silver, gold, precious stones, and spices, and for his shields and other valuable items. He also constructed many storehouses for his grain, new wine, and olive oil, and he made many stalls for his cattle and pens and for his flocks of sheep and goats. He built many towns and acquired vast flocks and herds, for God had given him great wealth. He blocked up the upper spring of Gihon and brought the water down through the tunnel to the west side of the city of David, and so he succeeded in everything he did. However, when ambassadors arrived from Babylon to ask about the remarkable events that had taken place in the land, God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. The rest of the events in Hezekiah's reign and his acts of devotion are recorded in the vision of the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, which is included in the books of the kings of Judah and Israel. When Hezekiah died, he was buried in the upper area of the royal cemetery. And all Judah and Jerusalem honored him at his death, and his son Manasseh became the next king. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. And by the way, we are in chapter 33, verse 1 now. And he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, following the detestable practices of the pagan nations that the Lord had driven from the land of the Israelites. He rebuilt the pagan shrines his father Hezekiah had broken down. He constructed altars for the images of Baal and set up Asherah poles. He also bowed before all the powers of the heavens and worshipped them. He built pagan altars in the temple of the Lord, the place where the Lord had said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. He built these altars for all the powers of the heavens and both the courtyards of the Lord's temple. Manasseh also sacrificed his own sons in the fire in the valley of Ben-Himmon. He practiced sorcery, deviation, and witchcraft, and he consulted with mediums and psychics. He did much that was evil in the Lord's sight, arousing his anchor. Manasseh even took a carved idol he had made and set it up in God's temple, the very place where God had told David and his son Solomon, My name will be honored forever in this temple and in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen from among all the tribes of Israel. If the Israelites will be careful to obey my commands, all the laws and decrees and regulations given through Moses, I will not send them into exile from this land that I set aside for your ancestors. But Manasseh led the people of Judah and Jerusalem to do even more evil than the pagan nations that the Lord had destroyed when the people of Israel entered the land. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they ignored all his warnings. So the Lord sent the commander of the Assyrian armies, and they took Manasseh prisoner. They put a ring through his nose, bound him in bronze chains, and led him away to Babylon. But while in deep distress, Manasseh sought the Lord, his God, and sincerely humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed, the Lord listened to him and was moved by his request. So the Lord brought Manasseh back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh finally realized that the Lord alone is God. That concludes our Old Testament reading, moving into the New Testament. Romans chapter 15, verses 23, through chapter 16, verse 9. Romans 15, verse 23. 
But now I have finished my work in these regions, and after all these long years of waiting, I am eager to visit you. And this is the Apostle Paul writing, uh, if you're wondering who is eager. Verse 24, I am planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I will stop off in Rome. And after I have enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can provide for my journey. But before I come, I must go to Jerusalem to take a gift to the believers there. For you see, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. Since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem, they feel the least they can do is return to help them financially. As soon as I have delivered this money and have completed this good deed of theirs, I will come to see you on my way to Spain. And I am sure that when I come, Christ will richly bless our time together. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me, given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donation. I am taking to Jerusalem. Then, by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. And now may God, who gives us his peace, be with you all. Amen. Moving into chapter 16, verse 1. I command to you, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Centuria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many, and especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I'm thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Ephianus, who was the first person from the providence of Asia to become a follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary, who has worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronius and Junia, my fellow Jews, who are in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and become followers of Christ before I did. Greet Amphipolis, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Erebinus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Satias. And that concludes our New Testament reading. Moving on to our Proverbs of the day. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 16 through 18. Proverbs 20, verse 16. Get security from someone who guarantees a stranger's debt. Get a deposit if he does it for foreigners. Stolen bread tastes sweet, but it turns to gravel in the mouth. Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. And finally, we'll be reading Psalm 25, verses 16 through 22, in a posture of prayer. This is the 25th Psalm, verses 16 through 22, beginning in verse 16. Turn to me and have mercy, for I am alone and in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how my enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Protect me. Rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced, for in you I take refuge. May integrity and honesty protect me, for may I put my trust in you. O God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. Lord, I pray for those who are right now in a time of deep distress. I pray that they would join in with David uh, in their trust in you. Uh, Lord, that um, their hope is in you alone, and you will not let them down. 
Lord, thank you uh, that we know this because you've already taken care of our biggest problem, which is sin and death through Jesus, who came and lived the life we couldn't live, died the death we deserve to die, and rose again on the third day, proving he was who he said he was and did what he said he would do and inviting us into that same kind of resurrecting power living within us and going out through us. Lord Jesus, we love you and praise you. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for today's reading. Hope that it was beneficial to you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the reading and hope to see you back here tomorrow as we continue our journey reading through the Bible together.